For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty and physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. All right, everybody, this is In Liberty and Health, episode 20. We kind of threw this together, I don't want to say necessarily the last minute, but um, I got Bill Cox here with me. He is chair of Westmoreland County, which is the county that I reside in. Um, he announced that he is running for Western Vice Chair of Pennsylvania, correct? Correct. All right. Um, Bill, how you doing? I'm pretty good, Kyle. Uh, just relax and enjoying time off, uh, enjoying the Thanksgiving weekend. Um, How's your weekend going, my man? Absolutely great. Uh, we were talking a little bit off air about kind of some of the stuff going on in the Libertarian Party and even the Liberty Sphere, you know, as it stands right now, Republicans and Libertarians and how we view two different vehicles. Um, I guess kind of give a little background on how you became a Libertarian, just so people kind of get where you're coming from. Um, I've told my story a couple of times, but, you know, I just was a former neocon at one point. And then had learned through many other great libertarian thinkers that uh, this ain't the way to go. And if we want to live in a free society, then we should be libertarians. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. Give us the uh, breakdown on how you came to where you're at. Uh, let's see. I, I graduated high school 2007. Um, when I graduated, I, I, was a, I was a Democrat. I was registered Democrat coming out of high school. Uh, and then shortly after graduation, I found Ron Paul. Um, after finding Dr. Paul in uh, 2008, I ended up voting for him then, uh, again in 2012. And after 2012, that's when I found the Libertarian Party. Uh, found it, uh, saw they endorsed Gary Johnson, voted for Gary Johnson in 2012. Um, and 13, 14 is when the Libertarian Party kind of lost me. Uh, just some of the messaging they had around that time kind of disillusioned me. So I kind of got out of politics altogether. Um, then 2016, Gary Johnson, I noticed they ran him again. I uh, was really pumped, couldn't vote for him, but he just had too many issues in 2016. I couldn't bring myself to vote for him. Um, 20, but it did kind of start getting me looking back at the party. Um, come 2017, 18, that's when I started coming back around to the party. Uh, guys like Dave Smith, Tom Woods, Jason Stapleton at the time, even though he's kind of, he's went off the rails a little bit lately. But back then when he was on the Jason Stapleton show, him and Darren, that was that was my favorite libertarian show. And 
those guys brought me back um, listening to Tom Woods. He was starting to talk about this new thing called the Mises Caucus. Um, he had Mike Heiss on a couple times. And then I started looking into them, getting interested in the Mises Caucus. I did so. Didn't officially join the caucus until, well, until actually last year. And uh, we'll stop. I went a little too far ahead right there. Um, 2000, what was it? 19 was when I really got back into uh, the Libertarian Party. Um, it was December of 2019. We had some stuff going on in my family. And that's when I joined the Mises Caucus, got involved last year, and then really this year. Uh, fast forward to July of this year when I got um, elected as the chair of Westmoreland County. Um, met you guys. I got a chance to meet you in person. Then November we had our municipal elections this year where we got five libertarians elected throughout the county. Then another race we had a gentleman running for mayor of Delmont. He received 29% of the vote against a two or three term Republican incumbent. So overall he lost, but he had a really good showing all things considering. Um, shortly after that, I decided I was gonna run for Western vice chair after finding out our current uh, vice chair wasn't gonna rerun. Um, and that's where we're at right now. Nice, yeah, that's awesome to hear. And I did have Nathan Job on here and uh, that was actually one of my better performing episodes to my that. surprise. Yeah, um, he's a great dude. And I foresee a great future um, in Liberty with him. And hopefully he decides to run again or, you know, do something. Cause I think he's a great dude. I think he's a solid libertarian and seeing how he performed in that overall election. I think there's great opportunity there. Um, so as Western vice chair, you know, what would be kind of some of your responsibilities? Cause even I don't know some of this stuff and I've dabbled in the party politics. I still try to stay as active as I possibly can, but um you know, what does that kind of look like when you get to that kind of level? Uh, Western Vice Chair, their main responsibility is to be an assistant to the chair of the party of the state. Um, after that, their biggest responsibility would be to organize the counties in their region. So that would be uh, as far north as, let's see, we got Forest, Crawford, um, Clarion County, down, south, down as far south as Fayette. And then everything over to the edge of the state towards Ohio. Um, I think it's, I can't remember if it's 26, it's something around 26 counties. Um, but I'd be in charge of or getting the affiliates that aren't organized, affiliated and organized, uh, get them their board vote and get the communities growing in those counties. And then the counties that are developed, um, helping them to continue build their counties and find candidates to run for office and those that those are the two main things build the counties up and help them find county find candidates for office and run those candidates nice you've already done a little bit of work in helping getting uh some counties already set up right well, a little bit um indiana county some friends out there they asked me about how they started uh we're working on i'm working on helping them get started up and then uh there's a couple other people have reached out to me and i'm working with right now at the moment Nice. Awesome. Oh, yeah, that's definitely what we need is more um, libertarian um, counties getting set up. I know Westmoreland, um, as we kind of alluded to earlier, we're doing pretty well. And it seems like our growth within our county has 
definitely gone up even since I started going almost a year ago now. Um, and I wanted to say this on air specifically, um, I was skeptical about you being chair initially, but then um, once you got in, I saw that you had the guts, you had the balls and you were ready to just get to work, man. It was no, no downtime. It was as soon as, you know, you got the uh, nomination, you hit the ground running, man. So I just want to make sure that uh, I was transparent as possible about that, even on my own show and for you. But, you know, like I said, I had my doubts, but, you know, I, I feel bad for saying that. But it, like I said, it's the truth. You hit the ground running. And I think you've done great things for our county and even beyond. And I think you're truly dedicated to the cause. So um, while we're here, I, I would fully endorse you as the uh, Western Vice Chair. Um so kind of continuing on from there, how do you see some of the other stuff going on in the party? We were talking a little bit about uh, internal party conflict, and it seems like you've actually been able to kind of quell the fire there a little bit. Uh, I, thanks, first. I appreciate that. Uh, of course. appreciate you being honest, and I'm glad I proved you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, me me too. And I, like I said, it sounds crappy to say that, but... Um, hey, I don't I, mind I, it. Yeah, well, I... I I have to be that way, you know, yeah. it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be right for me to just say, hey, well, you know what, I just did it to do it. I, I had doubts, but I'm glad that I was wrong. And I, like I said, I, I could not be more supportive of you and what I'm, whatever and wherever you choose to run. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Of course. Uh, okay. If you want to get into the internal politics of the party, we can do that. Um, I'm assuming you're talking about some of the stuff that goes on in the LPPA, uh, some of the consternation within the, this state itself. We'll start there instead of go national. Um, it sucks. There's some stuff that if it wasn't happening, the party would be able to grow faster and do more. Um, but as it is, we're stuck dealing with it for now. Um, try to think where we want to go with this. <laughs> some There's people, some people have shown that they're not necessarily good faith actors which is very upsetting to me because i think you the same as me and this is perhaps where my skepticism of you being chair initially came from i give these people miles and miles of the benefit of the doubt i assume that these people are always good faith actors and then oftentimes they'll go out of their way to prove that they're not and it, it, it sucks because we were talking before the show about how the Libertarian Party right now is a pond, right? It is. And there are some people who hold lily pads in this pond. And the pond's getting bigger because more and more Libertarians are coming in. Um, and they'll be very happy to tell you that there's more Libertarians coming in. But they'll turn around and say that some of these people are in for a hostile takeover. And I've never once heard anyone more inclined towards our side, which I would say we're more biased, not against anybody in particular, but, you know, we like the Mises Cox because we feel yeah. that's what lies close to our principles. Yeah. Um, I've never heard anybody once on the Mises Caucus side say we don't want any good libertarians in the party. They've always made it clear that they want as many good libertarians as possible where I think people get confused is that the definition of good libertarian may get slurred a little bit and people will point the finger a lot at other people and say, well, they're racist, they're sexist. They'll use these terms 
to scare people away and then it's it's like a large fear-mongering circle where they basically say that everybody from the Mises caucus is a racist and not everybody says that but some people say that and therefore they they fear that we're gonna push them out of the party but that's not your goal that's not my goal that's not the goal of the Mises caucus the goal is to grow the party and to wake up as many people as possible and expose them to the message of liberty nailed it uh those people that crow that were racist that were bigots mm. they do that because they don't have any real arguments so they're only they're only their only weapon to use at that point is to slander us um i've talked to you a lot i've talked to a lot of people anybody from the county say mm. for maybe one person ask them they've talked to me you're gonna have a hard time finding anybody who says i'm a racist bigot uh that i want to <laughs> kick people out of the party I'm constantly working to bring more people into the party. And that's, and that's the way I've, that's the way I found the Mises caucus to be there. There may be one person who the Mises caucus in the state really, really, really has an issue with. And that's, they've done, they've done stuff that I would call them a bad person for. Mm -hmm. Um, And anything they like, the issues they have with that person, they're completely warranted from what's happened recently. Um, but that's the only case. Everybody, they don't want to kick anybody out. We don't want to. There is room for everybody here, but mm-hmm. we cannot water down the message of liberty to let the the it's a, it's a tough area to say right now. We don't want to water down the message. That's the primary thing. And a lot of people think when we say messaging is a primary goal. That means we don't run the right, want to run candidates. We want to run just as many candidates as anybody else does in the party. The problem is we, the kicker is we want to run principal candidates. Mm-hmm. We want to get people who want to run for office, who want to deliver the message of liberty, who want to get things done in their office, whether it's county controllers, uh, auditors, mayors, councilmen, council members, school board members. We want people who are, once they get these offices, are going to do things to further freedom, not just to get office and hold it because they're an L. And I think when people look at the Mises caucus, all they look at is all we want to do is get on social media and do bombastic messaging. That's not it. Mm-hmm. We want principled people in the party to principled stuff to get publicity for the party, grow it, get people into local office and start furthering freedom in the state. That's, that's our primary goal. Absolutely. And I totally think that's a doable thing. And it's frustrating when you hear the two, you know, the divide in the Libertarian Party that we have here, when people think that we can't have both. It doesn't have to be a mutually exclusive thing. And even if you want to go as far as the post-libertarian stuff where, you know, the wealth power influence stuff, which, okay, it does sound a little ridiculous because basically all they're doing, as far as I can tell, is just screaming, stop being poor at people. But my point is, we can have people get elected, we can have good messaging, and we can improve our personal lives. None of these are mutually exclusive. We can do all three. So what's the fighting about? We can have bold messaging from people who are elected, who are good people, that are kings or stewards of their community, who are good leaders, who are going to lead people towards 
our ideology of liberty and freedom. I don't see the contradiction with any of those. So that's why it's so frustrating when you see people on each one of these sides fighting when, you know, our, our degree of separation or wherever we differ is like 5%, right? Yeah. We can, we can have it all, but for some reason we're looking at this 5% versus the 95% and trying to, you know, argue with people over, like I said, that 5% to me, it, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't understand why we can't just say, okay, well, we can do all this. And, you know, if you feel like you're stronger on the education and messaging front, we'll have you do this. And if you're good at the office stuff, then, Hey, let's work, let, let's get you worked in with somebody who's good with messaging. And, you know, you guys can bring up each other's weaknesses. That's it's like leadership 101. I agree 100%. And leadership, I think, is the biggest issue facing our state rate, our state-run party right now. I think it's, I think it starts at the top and it's, it's worked its way down, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And the only way we can clear this infighting up is through, for better or worse, it's going to be a new board come Williamsport. Um, we need to get people on the board within the state who want to, for lack of a better term, decentralize power that you need your chair and vice chairs are there to wrangle and manage everybody else within the state. At this point right now, we have a board for the most part. This isn't everybody, but we're speaking general terms that likes to keep the power centralized around them, um, give themselves pats on the back for the most part and keep telling themselves good job for doing the work they do while really not giving any of the credit to a lot of the people who are out there doing it. Mises people are out there doing stuff all over the state Mm -hmm. and no one gets any credit for that. It's, it's unfortunate because there's a lot of good work being done throughout the state by a lot of people. It's not just Mises people. Mm -hmm. It's everybody in the party. But when we have people at the top saying Mises guys, they're racist, bigots. We, they want to kick people out of the party. They're, they'd rather talk than do anything. It's not true. We got guys, Joe Wagner, Mike, I don't care what anybody says. Michael Heiss is the best liberty activist Pennsylvania has. He is one of the best liberty activists in the country. There's no, there's no denying that. Like mm-hmm. this last board meeting, we had three counties get uh, recognized. We had uh, Blair. Um, shit, now I'm blanking. Was Blair, it a Blair Mark- Tioga and? Um, one other one, I can't think of it for some reason, but Mike Heiss is the reason these counties got, uh, they got recognized. He went out, he helped their people do door knocking, get people who didn't signed up and now they have board votes. Um, mm-hmm. That's three counties in one month. I understand why, like, I don't understand why people don't like him. Like, he's a good dude. I've met him, I've talked to him. I talk to him all the time. The hate that, the extreme hate that's just grown his and a couple other guys away. It's unwanted. It's because people are afraid of losing their little pads, like you said. Mm-hmm. And Mike's not like you follow Mike. Is he out there blowing people up, shitting on people? No, you know what? That that is the funniest part, and I'm I'm glad that you brought him up because you are absolutely right. There is no harder liberty, harder working liberty activist in the entire fucking country. I mean, this dude. 
he calls individual people. He knows your name and he's, you know, going to ask you what's going on. He's going to, you know, he talks to all the people. I mean, he's not a freaking slacker and I've never seen him tearing anybody down unless it was warranted people who you know actively worked against members in their party when it was even in their own interest to work with them instead of against them that's the only time that he ever has said anything bad about people and by that point it's usually justified so i think if these people who are so scared of the mises caucus if they would just spend a little bit more time with these people and say hey let's give them a chance then they would be surprised and they would say, hey, we agree on pretty much everything. These people want to grow the party. We want to grow the party. We want officials elected. They want officials elected. Like I was saying earlier, where's the conflict? It's this 5% where people think it has to be a mutually exclusive thing, where they think it has to be one way or else. That's it. They can't possibly see going a different route or using you know bold messaging to get a message across and is there such a thing as too bold messaging perhaps but you know you got to try it and find out you know that's it uh get off the caucus for now but messaging to me that's it's as important if not more important than running candidates and i've i can't it's not more important it's equally as important because when you run candidates, running a candidate for office doesn't matter if they're not putting the message out there. No one's going to know who they were a year from now if they didn't win. No, you want people who can go out, who are going to talk to people, get on in the papers, get on radio shows, who are going to deliver the message, why you should elect libertarians. We need people who will get in those shows, get in print, tell their story, and tell them why libertarians are the way of the future. We want everybody's freedom all the time. And there's no reason that you can't have that message out there as well as running candidates. It, nothing in that sphere is mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. You can, I don't bold. I don't know if there is too much, if there is an ability to be too bold because at the end of the day, that brings eyes onto the party. And that's what we need. People need to come to the party. Just find us, find the principles of the party no come everybody's a libertarian they just don't know yet yeah i totally think there are a very very large amount of people just kind of waiting to hear the right message and to kind of go to a little bit more of a national level and this has kind of been a theme when i talk to political people on my show um donald trump was able to hit that vein with a lot of people he was able to really get people fired up about something and I disagree with Trump and his solutions, but when you have that passion, when you have that message, you are able to pull people in your direction. And that's what I think the Libertarian Party needs to be about. And as far as I could tell, I think most of the Mises caucus agrees too, is that we need to pull people towards a message. We need to wake people up. And you know, if we run somebody who's a real bold Libertarian in 2024, and I think everybody has an idea of who that's going to be, um, they're definitely going to pull in a lot of people and hopefully to go back to that metaphor that we were talking about earlier, it makes the pond a lot bigger. Um, as it kind of looks now, it looks like a lot of the people who aren't necessarily principled libertarians as we see it are kind of getting out of the pond and it's sad to see people go, but if they're not going to grow the party, if they're going to bring everybody down, maybe it is better if they're gone. 
if you're going to do more harm to the party than good, then there's no need to have you around anymore. That's that's just the truth of it. Like libertarians are going to stay if they're libertarians. If they're not libertarians, they're going to go. Mm-hmm. We have people go to the Green Party. Like it is what it is. Like not everybody is. I think most people are libertarians at the end of the day. You just have to show them what they're missing because I think anybody, if say for right wing, like far right and the far left, normal Democrats, normal Republicans, they're libertarians. You just have to show them where they are. They're going to agree with a lot of stuff. It's those, like you said, it's the 5% on the edges. Mm-hmm. Those are the people we're never going to convince. And I think we have a problem at this last campaign, the national presidential campaign with Joe Jorgensen. I think they were trying to reach that 5%. And I think it hurt the campaign more than anything. Um, you can, you want to get the majority of the people in. More people, the better. When you reach for the far edge, that's when you're going to hurt. Those are, those are people, no matter what you say, you're never going to be able to reach and bring them in. They're going to want, it's the closed borders. It's the socialists on the left. Everybody out there, that shouldn't be our target. It should be the 95% of the population who do have some kind of common sense, who do want to live a better life, who want people to be free and want to enjoy and live a good life. And there's no reason the Libertarian Party can't hit that. The Absolutely. Problem, oh, sorry, God. No, it's just, we can look back at the 2020 uh, election cycle, especially with Joe Jorgensen's campaign. Joe is a great libertarian. Let me say that first. She is a hell of a libertarian. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. That campaign was terrible, completely mm-hmm. terrible on messaging. I'm, I'm a libertarian. I'm a hardcore libertarian. You don't have to win my vote necessarily. The problem is you can't lose my vote. If you lose my vote, how many people who were on the edges did you scare off? Like, And the Jorgensen campaign lost my vote. I didn't vote last election for president. Like, if you're hurt, if you're scaring people off who are the hardcore libertarians, what about the people on not the not, not the five percent, the ninety-five percent in the middle? Those are the people you want to bring in. And if you're scaring hardcore libertarians off, there's a good chance you're scaring a lot of people who thought about the party off as well. Right. I feel like most people aren't necessarily pulled one way or the other. I feel like a lot of people are getting pulled one way or the other because how much politics is in everybody's face. Yeah. But I feel like now that the younger generation is coming up and socialism is very appealing to them, um, or if they're not, if they're not attracted to that, then it's, you know, nationalism, it's the far right Trumpism and, and not that Trump's some neo-Nazi, but you get where I'm going. It's, it's the nationalism, you know, the, uh, the America first. And once again, not that there's necessarily anything wrong with America first, but you know, some of the more nationalist tendencies or yeah. the pro-war NSA kind of stuff, um, people get pulled in this direction, but they also see, through the bs people that are you know kind of more around my or your age you know kind of millennials or even gen z they kind of see the economy for the house of cards that it is and they see that holy hell i have to go to in a monstrous amounts of debt to just get a college degree um everything costs so much inflation's out of control um i can't get a good job anymore Uh, and then you have somebody saying you have to be actively anti-racist and people just hate that stuff. And then you have Trump, 
you know, when the economy shut down, telling everybody that you have the greatest economy in the world. They hate that. When people are losing their businesses and you're being told, oh, you have to be anti-racist and the economy is the greatest thing in the world. And then Joe Biden gets in and tells you that you need to have a vaccine mandate or you need to have a vaccine just to go to work. People hate all of that from all three candidates. And I I voted for Joe Jorgensen. I like Joe Jorgensen a lot, but all three of those things are majorly, they're appalling to most people. So why, you know, I don't think the Liberty message is that hard to spread. And I really believe that if you have the right person speaking it to a big enough audience, people are gonna be like, you know, where's this been? Why have we not heard this before? And I, I totally think, and I've said this over and over again on this show, 2022, 2024, there's a huge opportunity for libertarians going forward. If we can really just center in on this, and spread the message of liberty the way it needs to be spread. I agree. Let's go back to the, the, the you have to be actively anti-racist tweet. Okay. Coming from a libertarian presidential candidate, you don't want to hear anybody tell you you have to do anything, let alone the libertarian presidential nominee telling you you have to be actively anti-anything. Mm-hmm. Like, that right there, that's a, that's a stop right there. Like, how did that get through her social media press? Like, team i'm assuming she has a team that handled that how did that get through them like you can't have you just said none of the three candidates can say anything like that you don't want to be told what to do by a president like Mm. the the over the last 18 to 24 months the libertarian party could have been growing leaps and bounds Mm -hmm. but they failed you're even when we're, we're not running a presidential candidate right now our messaging our messaging through the libertarian party needs to be strong and people want to hear it right now mm-hmm. like they want to hear anti-vax the anti-vax mandates not anti-vax like my kids are vaccinated i'm not anti-vax but i am anti-vax mandates we the party the state national everybody should be hammering home how bad these vax mandates are the potential vaccine passports throughout the country um now what we got this new omicron variant joe biden's shutting down travel restrictions on south africa and a few other countries like if that would have happened under donald trump that would have been they would have screamed racist everything well you know what i i hate to interrupt you but look joe biden is not racist for instituting a travel ban to south africa because they didn't vote for him and what did joe biden say if you didn't vote for me then you ain't black so therefore it's not racism (laughs) i'm I'm sorry (laughs) Uh, yeah but uh, i actually did want to touch on this too yeah the omicron variant uh are we gonna have like the star scream or optimus prime variant next (laughs) okay okay we'll we'll go into this okay omicron version (laughs) The last one was what the Delta variant. I guess the Delta wasn't scary sounding enough, so we went with Omicron because wouldn't have been Echo me. I don't yeah. know. They, like, they've been skipping around a little bit. They have. I don't even like. I'm so done with this. Like for me personally, the last 24 months, my life hasn't changed all that much. If a business wants me to wear a mask, I I used to. Now it's all if you're vaccinated, you don't have to. So I'm vaccinated. I don't have to. Yeah, I identify as vaccinated. That's how I am. That's what my pronouns are, right? Now. 
if anybody's asking what I'm in the store at least. Yeah. But like, I did, we didn't let the, the this last 24 months ruin our lives. We, for the most part, my family just kept living it as we did. I never stopped work. Luckily, we I still worked my seven days a week, eight 12 hour days. Like, mm-hmm. it is what it is. We kept living, and when this new Omicron variant, we're not going to stop living again. Even if more travel restrictions happen, who knows? No one's saying anything, but there's always a possibility that Joe Biden trying to lock stuff down again. Like, especially coming into winter, we got everybody gathering for family uh, family gatherings and stuff. Who knows what the future holds right now? Mm-hmm. And it's the Libertarian Party could be out there just showing people like the freedom is the answer to every question we have in this country right now like more freedom is never going to hurt anything it's only going to make our lives better absolutely and it's i really do think that there is just zero appetite for lockdowns anymore um even amongst people who might have favored them at one point I want to believe that some of those people are even starting to shake their head at all this shit going on now. And they're just saying, we really do not have an appetite for it. And I really hope that (laughs) I'm pretty sure people said this last, you know, two years ago too, but I really hope that people stand up and just say, look, we're just, we're just not going to do it because it it can end when we say it has to end. But, you know, it just takes that, unif- you know, unified voice of just saying, we're not tolerating this anymore. Um, I-, I think you've read some of Jocko Willink's books, but uh, Leif Babin is uh, one of his co-authors. And one of the lines that's always stuck with me and I've thought about a lot and it applies to more than just relationships, leadership, but it's it's not what you preach, it's what you tolerate. 100%. And, and the American people have tolerated lockdowns. So... I think they think they can continually get away with it, but I think it's on us to say, look, we're not going to do this anymore. But this kind of gets back to the Libertarian Party. We have to lead. We have to yeah. be the ones to say we're not doing this. And that's where the Libertarian Party has completely failed. Absolutely. Over the past yes. Couple years, it's been an utter failure. Like they have not led from the front. Like the Libertarian Party needs to go up there, lead from their pulpit. We have take the slings and arrows and just keep marching forward and they refuse to do that and that's mm-hmm. that's why people like me are stepping up i'm running for western vice chair as western vice chair that's what you'll get from me i like if i get reelected, if i get elected great i'm gonna lead from the front i'll i'm gonna be spreading that message getting the counties making sure these counties get affiliated get principled libertarians in there to get stuff done at a local level um and that's it the Libertarian Party is a bottom-up organization. If we don't have those strong affiliates at the bottom to build up from, we can't expect National to do anything for us. They're, they're going to fail. And that's and that's what I want to help do. I want to help build that farm system so we have Libertarians move up to state, national levels, who will get up there, lead from the front, take those slings and arrows, and preach the gospel of liberty to people. It's, it's a pretty simple thing to do at the end of the day. We do that through running candidates. And we do that through social media, unfortunately. That's the world we live in right now. It's That's pretty much it in the nutshell. Right. And I think Pennsylvania has probably the best groundwork in the entire country to uh, really make a big splash with the Libertarian Party in particular. Um, you know, we have a lot of offices and people that are elected 
that aren't in necessarily i don't want to say they're unimportant positions but you know there are a lot of auditors and you know different small time positions not that i have any problem with those people getting elected but uh there are also some people who are mayors on their city council so you know this kind of goes to complement the whole molten maneuver thing but you know, if we have this many elected libertarians, we start getting more strong armed principled libertarians elected in the party or to bigger offices, then we could really change the country, you know, within a week or two. And I don't think anybody really appreciates or understands the degree and just how close we really are to making a really, really big push for liberty if, you know, we really pull this off. I've, I've been around the libertarian, like the liberty movement since Ron Paul. I've never felt like people wanted it more than they want it now. Now's our opportunity with these offices to, to do that, to build that. We, like you said, we had a bunch of lower end offices, but it's still great they got elected. Like, I'm not a person who's going to shit on the molten maneuver and say it was all bad. There's mm-hmm. a lot of good that came out of it. There's a lot of hard work put into it and a lot of good that came out of it. Um, like I said, we had five people in my, in Westmore County get elected because of the Molt Maneuver. My problem is, you just talked about Jocko Willink and Leif Babin, extreme ownership. Anybody who wants to be in a position of leadership, a prerequisite should be reading the book Extreme Ownership. Like, decentralizing command mm-hmm. and leadership is the key to making any organization successful. You don't want the guys at the top running anything. You want them to set the set the path forward and delegate the responsibilities to the people below them. And that's where our, the Pennsylvania board, I think they failed with the molten maneuver. I think we spent a lot of money that should have that didn't need to be spent on that. We'll start at the county level. What everybody should have been told instructed to do after primary day, give it a couple of days until all the results are in go to your board of elections, you can get a list of all the offices, who's running for them, who's not running. Each county could have done that on their own instead of the state running everything, sending out the mailers. It should have been sent down to each county to here's what you do. You get a list of your municipalities, all the open offices, get your access to your voter information, who are your registered libertarians, where are they? And then it should be on the county to reach out to those people and those municipalities, cities, boroughs, uh, whatever, to go then door knock, get people who want to run for those offices, and then go from there. Speaking from my experience at Westmoreland County, we had some great people. I got to talk to our candidates. Nate Job is was a great candidate for mayor. We have Melinda Blaine. She is the auditor for Allegheny Township. Um, Seth Tuttle, he's constable in a township near us. Jason Wagman, another constable. Um, John and Cruck, another constable. And then we had a couple of judge of elections who were elected, Adam. And uh, shit, that last name slipped my mind. I'm sorry, guys. But <laughs> You're good. The one thing I want to say about that, these people aren't people who are actively involved in the, in the County Libertarian Party. I haven't had any of them come to a single meeting yet. I'm not, that's not disparaging them. Everybody has busy lives. That it is what it is. I'm not disparaging them for that. 
imagine what we could get done if we get people who go to meetings, elected township supervisors, school board mayors, council positions, people like Ben Seavers, who was elected to Apollo, uh, what is it, North Apollo, Apollo, North Apollo um, City Council. North Apollo City Council. I couldn't remember yeah. if it was Apollo or North Apollo. But mm -hmm. those are the guys who are worth their weight in gold in their positions. Absolutely. Not that these other people aren't, but we have guys like Ben who will go. And I, I, I'm hopeful for big things out of North Apollo with him and Andrew Hooray out there. Mm -hmm. like, and that's what we, I'm not going to lie, we pushed hard to get Nate. I worked hard on Nate's campaign for mayor because he, was, he wasn't running an, uh, an unchallenged race. So we pushed hard for me. We put money, I put my own money into it, uh, helping him get flyers, get stuff out there. If we get those positions of mayor, council, those elected, those positions are worth their weight in gold. They can introduce stuff like Second, Second Amendment sanctuaries, introduce decriminalization laws. You can do a lot of stuff from those positions that, you, that unfortunately you can't do from judge of elections. That's just the truth of it. Um, we those positions are the ones we need to focus on real hard. It's nice that we had 135 libertarians elected in Pennsylvania, but I would trade 135 libertarians at judge of elections for 25, 30, 40 mayors, councilmen, township supervisors, maybe a sheriff or something in there. Like, that's where we need to really focus on. We can still do those, uh, the moat maneuver and get those people who run an unchallenged elector. Those are great to pad the numbers and build up the people in the state. But we can't kid ourselves. We have to focus on the positions where we can actually make tangible differences in communities. Absolutely. I agree completely. Um, I guess let's end it on a little bit of a positive note. Uh, Bill, are you optimistic for the future? And what do you see coming down the pipes for 2022 and maybe even into 2024? I am optimistic. If I wasn't optimistic, I wouldn't have run for... Uh, county chair. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be running for Western vice chair if I wasn't optimistic. Um, my predecessor, Sam Rob, laid a really good framework here in Western Pennsylvania. And I hope to, if elected, I hope to build off what he's done. I think we have 11 counties that still need to get affiliated. My goal for 2022 would be to get those affiliated and then help the rest of the state get their, with the remaining counties affiliated. Um, 2022 is an off year. We just have some national elections. There is in a state. I don't think there's National and state, there's no municipal elections next year. I don't think there's even any judge elections. Um, so we'll focus on getting state representative candidates farmed out and get them started. And hopefully we can run a ton, a ton of candidates in this half of this part of the state. Um, I have guys who already talk and they want to run for positions and that's awesome. I'm glad we have people already itching to get involved and run this year, this coming year. I'm really hopeful for 2022. I'm I'd love to see a couple of state representatives in Pennsylvania elected. And I think we have really good people running Liz. Um, Mark, I think Mark Bazzacco is going to run. I'm hopeful for the people we can run get elected this coming year. I think we had 130 some libertarians elected this past year. We won't get that next year. Just don't have the people but building into 2023. I'd like to double that and I'd like to get a, chunk of those to be those those meat and potatoes positions the mayors council township supervisors i'd kill to get a, pen, a sheriff elected in pennsylvania that's my goal that's what i'm going to push 
in my time. I want to get a sheriff elected. If you get a sheriff elected, you can make big things happen in the county. And that's my goal. Um, so yes, I am very optimistic moving forward, hopeful for good things coming from our county. We got plans. Um, we got our Christmas party coming up next month. Hope to see everybody there. That's an open invite libertarians from all around. You're allowed to come, uh, reach out, meet, reach out to Kyle. He knows what's up. Uh, yeah, I'm very optimistic moving forward. Nice. Well, I share that same optimism. Bill, where can everybody find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, my page for Western Vice Chair is Bill Cox for WVC. You can find, message me through the Westmoreland County Libertarian Party Facebook page, um, Westmoreland LP. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Bill Cox for Liberty. Uh, those are the main places. And you can always find me on Facebook at Bill Cox. Send me a friend request. I love talking to people. If you have questions about me running for vice chair, reach out. I'll answer them all. Nice. Well, that's awesome to hear. And I hope people uh, send you uh, send you some messages, send you friend requests, and show their support for you because I definitely will. And uh, I think that you'll do a great job if elected. Um, I, I I think you're going to get there, but um, you know, I, I I hope that we'll see. You know. So, long road, but I'm in it for long also. Absolutely, as am I. All right, until next time, everybody, in liberty and health. Spring is in full bloom. Are your finances? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments, all with no annual fees or interest. With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com slash build. That's Chime.com slash build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.